Well, good morning. It's a privilege to have a chance to share with you all uh, this morning. We're going to look at a very common Christmas verse. It's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I want to invite you, if you have a Bible, to turn and find the book of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And chances are you've seen this verse on a Christmas card. We've sung about it. Um, Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you've heard many messages from this verse. And so my prayer this morning is that as familiar or unfamiliar as you may be with this verse relating to Christmas, that we can look at it with fresh eyes, fresh hearts, and again, a new perspective, just the way that the the people of Israel would have heard this verse for the first time when the prophet Isaiah was passing on the word of God to them. So Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Four distinct names given by this prophet looking forward to the coming of Jesus, God's Son, looking forward to Christmas, really. And these four distinct names really meant something to the people of Israel when this prophecy was given. It brought back reminders of, of past experiences. It brought to mind uh, just, just hope and expectation for what these four names communicate. And so um, as we continue this morning, I'm actually asked a few of our students from our youth ministry to, to help me out with a little illustration. So I'm going to invite you guys to come on up. And, uh, and it's called the word association game. Maybe you're familiar with it. I'm going to give them a word and uh, they're going to share what the first thing that comes to mind related to that word. So I want to invite you guys, you can think of it too. And, uh, and, and some of the words will be pretty easy, pretty, pretty normal. And some of them might be a little bit more in depth. Uh, when teenagers get the mic, you never know what's going to happen. So I'll just put a disclaimer out there. Parents, uh, it's, it's, you got to deal with it. All right. Okay. So guys, you ready? You, you understand how this works, right? I'm going to give you a word. And you're going to share with us what comes to mind with the word. So the first one is going to be easy. It's Christmas. So Kayla, what is Christmas? What comes to mind when, when you hear the word Christmas? A tree. A tree. Okay. All right. Will? Joy. Joy. Anna? Gifts. Gifts. Okay. What about you, Eric? Family. Family. Okay. All right. So tree, joy, gifts, family. Those are all good things. All right. Let's... Change it up a little bit. One of the words you guys said, but let's go with the next word. What do you think of when you hear the word gift? Will, what do you think? Uh, ribbon. Ribbon. Or did you say ribbit or ribbon. ribbon? Okay, just making sure. Making sure. Kayla? Um, cool wrapping paper. Cool wrapping paper. Okay. What about you, Eric? I think of like a skill, kind of. A skill? Oh, like a talent, like a gift. Okay. Very good. All right, let's change it up a little bit. Uh, we read some of the names um, that were re- referring to Jesus. Uh, so we're going to use some of those words. All right, what do, you, what do you think of when you hear the word wonderful? Anna? Family. Family. Wonderful family. Well, that's great. I'm sure your parents are really pleased with that answer. That's good, right? Uh, Eric, what do you think of with wonderful? Jesus. Jesus. Nice. Good church answer, right? That's pretty good, right? Great job. Kayla, wonderful. For some reason, snow and the color blue. Nice. Will? Uh, Sunny days. Sunny days. Okay. I was a little disappointed none of you said me, but (laughs) we'll work on that for next time. I'll give you a little script. Will, I was giving you one chance to to pull it home, man. All right. Next word. How about mighty? What do you think of when you hear the word mighty? Eric, we'll start with you. Uh, Strong. 
Strong, okay. Kayla? Love. Love, okay. How about you, Anna? Powerful. Powerful. Will? Great. Great, okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. We talked about everlasting father. What comes to mind with the word everlasting? Will, we'll start with you this time. Forever. Forever, okay. Anna? Love. Love, okay. Kayla? I'm going to hop on Anna's God's everlasting love. Okay, God's everlasting love. Great. Eric, how about you? I was just going to hop on with forever. Forever, okay. Cool. And the last one. They're doing a great job, by the way, right? All right, last one is peace. We saw a video about it earlier, but what comes to mind when it comes to peace? Kayla, we'll start with you. Prayer. Okay. Eric? Silence. Silence. Rest. Rest. Okay. Kind of the same as him, sleep. Sleep. Okay. Very good. All right, well, thank you guys for your help. You can uh, just put the mics back down there, and you can have a seat. So... What I want you all to think of, again, is that whenever words are spoken, they, they bring something to mind. And it could be different for each one of us, right? It might relate to a past experience that we have or a good memory, maybe even a bad memory. It could bring back, you know, even smells, you know, or, or experiences or emotions. It could also look to the future. It could give us hope. We could have a great expectation hearing something. It could lead us to think forward about a lot of things. So words have a lot of meaning. And here in this verse that we've looked at in Isaiah 9, 6, I believe that God gave the prophet Isaiah these specific four names to communicate to the people hearing them great memories, but also just the characteristics to look forward to, the hope that we can look forward to when it comes to the promised Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as this verse is about the birth of Jesus, it's much more about the character of God and how in every aspect of our life he relates to us in different ways and that his character is is so vast and he can have such strengths in so many different ways because he is God Almighty. And so when we look at this verse this morning, my prayer is that in each of these four names that we'll look into, that we'll personalize it. And we'll see how these names relate to you and I in our daily lives. And so as we look at some background, you know, Isaiah is the longest prophetic book in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was a prophet during a very difficult time in in the nation of Israel's history. They were a divided kingdom. There had been a lot of unrest, a lot of of issues going on. And as you read the first few chapters of Isaiah, you see that that they've, they've basically distanced themselves from God. They've become, um, they've kind of been wandering in the darkness, if you will. And as a matter of fact, the first few verses of chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. So it's giving us this context of people who had distanced themselves from God. They had forgotten about God's faithfulness. They had forgotten about the importance of drawing near to him and depending on him for everything. And here they were walking in darkness, but this great light was coming. And Isaiah gives us this hope of this this child that would be born and will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So this morning as we look into these verses, maybe you're here and maybe it's been a dark time in your life. Maybe your relationship with the Lord is, is struggling. Maybe you're not experiencing that closeness or that joy. Uh, maybe it's a little dim. You know, some of you, maybe you're here and everything's going great. You're walking in the light and you're, you're really, really 
drawing near to the Lord. Wherever you came in this morning, my prayer is that as we look at these four names and the characteristics of God that they represent, that it'll draw us near to him and that we'll remember everything of who he is and that we'll We'll take advantage of that, the many gifts and opportunities he gives us to, uh, to draw near to him. So let's look at the first name, Wonderful Counselor. So as I mentioned, all of these names brought back memories or, or signified something deeper for the nation of Israel. And the word wonderful that's translated there, it's used many times in the Old Testament, usually referring to how people viewed God's creation. In Psalms over and over, it says, Lord, we sing of your wonderful name, or we look at your wonderful work. And so imagine looking into the stars in the sky, or being out in nature, or just recognizing simple things like sunsets, even your own body and how it functions. You know, when we stop and think about that, it's wonderful. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's not something simple and, you know, oh, anyone could have put that together. No, these are wonderful acts, and God works in wonderful ways. And even that word wonder, it brings us to think of things that are almost beyond our comprehension, right? We wonder, how did that happen? We're, we're, we're in, in awe of the wonders of God's creation. So the idea of being a wonderful counselor, it brings to mind this sense of power, the sense of, of just creativity, the sense of the ability that God has to, in a breath, create everything in the universe. And in a breath, he could take it away. You know, the people of Israel experienced God's wonderful acts in different ways, right? Think back with me of some of the miracles that they would have experienced. The parting of the Red Sea. That was a wonderful act that brought them to safety out of Egypt. He provided for them in, in wonderful ways, in, in, in unexplainable ways, when he provided manna or quail for them as they were in the desert, right? Or how he led them to the promised land and, and gave them victory in certain battles that were unexplainable, like the Battle of Jericho. That was a wonderful act of God. It invoked wonder, and, and you're just like, how did that happen? Well, it was miraculous. It was wonderful. Okay, so it communicates a little bit of God's power. And, and you know, when things like that happen that are beyond our explanation, beyond our comprehension, doesn't that give us a sense of just how real God is? Like some people would call it a coincidence, but we know that nothing happens by coincidence. It's a wonderful act of God. And so when we see this name, the Wonderful Counselor, I think it would have brought back some memories to the wonderful things that they'd experienced when they were faithful to God and seeing him work and interact in their lives, seeing him provide for them in a wonderful way, in a powerful, unexplainable way. But the second part of that word is counselor, right? So we have a wonderful counselor. So we see God's power, his creativity, his ability to do anything beyond our comprehension. And then it gives us that word that, that it's not only that, but he's that wonderful counselor. And when you hear that word counselor, Maybe you think of someone who gives some guidance, someone who maybe helps you through a situation. Uh, if you're a student in school, you think of a counselor giving you, uh, you know, ideas for how to get scholarships or how to get into the right college, or, or maybe in a difficult time, uh, the counselors are there to provide support. All of those are true, but how much more do we have that in God, the wonderful counselor, the one who helps us, the one who guides us? The one who gives us wisdom, even the word counsel itself can relate to, to the amount of knowledge one has. And sometimes in the Old Testament, you see people, God, God of all counsel, or God, you have the counsel of, of everything. He knows everything. 
So we have a God who's named here by the prophet Isaiah. He's called, he's called the Wonderful Counselor. He's got power and he's got guidance for anything that you and I are going through. What a wonderful thing, right, to be able to call upon that? Because I don't know about you, but there's so many times in life where, man, I, yeah, I'm in need of some wonder. I'm in need of some, something to, to boost my, my faith, something to, to remind me of how amazing God is. And, you know, from day to day, we can take things for granted. And then sometimes God gives us those pictures of how amazing he is. Or even just guidance, right? How easy it is just to kind of get into some tough situations in life. And we're not quite sure what to do. We're not sure how to handle this or this situation's going on. And, and to be able to call upon a counselor who has all wisdom and all knowledge and who is willing to give us personal direction and advice. That's an amazing thing. And so when Isaiah was giving this word to the nation of Israel, that you're going to have a wonderful counselor, it incites this hope. And it gives us a sense of hope that we have a, a wonderful God who can counsel and guide us through anything that we're going through. And so if you're here today and maybe you're going through a difficult situation, maybe you're in need of a, of a boost of your faith and a reminder of how amazing God is, Call out to him as your wonderful counselor. Ask him to show you his wonders in your life. Ask him to remind you of how he's guided you and taken you through some things. Or if you're in need of that right now, just ask him. James chapter 1 says that he gives wisdom and he doesn't withhold it when we ask. So come to him as your wonderful counselor. Let's move on to the second name. It's, uh, it's Mighty God. So a wonderful counselor and a mighty God. You heard some of the students refer to the word mighty, and, and they use the word strong. You know, and I think that's a great way to think of it. But, you know, at this time of year, how do we see Jesus? We see pictures of the baby Jesus, right? Baby in a manger. And it's hard sometimes for our minds to remember that even as a baby, that he was a mighty God. There's a, a movie that came out a few years ago uh, called Talladega Nights. I haven't seen it, but I think Dr. Nickel was the one that was telling me about this movie starring Will Ferrell. And uh, Will Ferrell plays this character named Ricky Bobby. He's a NASCAR racing champion. And there's a scene where he's with his family, an extended family. They're having a special dinner consisting of Kentucky Fried Chicken, Domino's Pizza, and Taco Bell. Wonderful spread, right? And uh, so Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell's character, he's going to say the opening prayer. So he starts off and he says, Dear little baby Jesus... And he continues this prayer describing how cute and how cuddly baby Jesus is. And so it's a little humorous, but it's interesting because in the middle of the prayer, his wife in the movie interrupts and says, you know, you don't have to pray to baby Jesus. He grew up. I'm the one saying the prayer. I'm going to pray to whichever Jesus I want. And I prefer baby Jesus. And so this is a kind of a dumb exchange in a meaningless movie. But I think it teaches us a little bit about how easy it is. To, to lose sight of how mighty, how strong, how powerful God is, even, even when he was a baby in a manger. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 40. These are some verses uh, 12 through 15 that give us a reminder of how mighty God is, how strong, how powerful. Isaiah 40, beginning in verse 12, it says this, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains 
on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. This is one of so many passages throughout Scripture that remind us of the might, the strength, the power of God. And I think it's easy for us to lose sight of that. You know, there's this term, the fear of the Lord, that reminds us of respecting and and being in awe of God and his power and his might. And it's so easy for me in my daily life to forget that, man, I woke up this morning because mighty God gave me breath. I'm here today because mighty God has given me the ability to stand, to speak, to communicate. You know, we're on this planet because mighty God spoke it into existence. And he gave each one of us life. Mighty God. Who can compare to him? Who can compare? And yet, even as strong and as powerful, as mighty as he is, as big as we see his creation, and as much as we can fathom how amazing he is, that mighty God still knows and created and loves each one of us. The mighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, knows you and knows me. And doesn't just know you, he loves you and he loves me, no matter what we've done. We need to remember and have that respect or that fear of the Lord, not as baby Jesus or just as a historical figure as many come to believe that Jesus was, but as mighty God with the ability to do anything and everything that he would want, but with the plan and the wisdom to do it his way and his timing. And so in our journey to understand who God is, And even in our journey of, of relating to him as his children, let's remember that he's mighty God and that if he didn't want us to have anything to do with him, he could have done whatever he wanted, but he gave us the opportunity to know him and for him to be part of our life, to give us that, that strength and that breath and that life and the purpose that each of us has in his unique plan. So remember a mighty God. And maybe this morning, You've lost that sense of how big, how strong, how mighty God is. Here's a chance to remind ourselves and to come to him with that awe, with that respect, and with the uh, thankfulness that he knows us, that he created us, and that he wants to use us. Everlasting Father. So he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Now the word in itself is going to bring to mind a lot of different experiences for each one of us. The word father. I was thankful to have a dad who was present, who was godly, who led and and guided our family. Um, The only bad thing I have to say about my dad is he gave me way too many chores when I was a kid, and he spanked really hard sometimes. But other than that, he was an amazing man. But not everybody has those memories of a father. Some have lost fathers. Some fathers have walked out on families. Some fathers have been there, but just not the example that we see in Scripture for the role 
of a father or for a man to be. And so when we use that term father and when we refer to God as heavenly father, or we see this verse and see everlasting father, for you and I, it could bring back different memories, positive or negative, maybe sometimes a little bit of both. And so whenever we speak about God as father, I'm always really cautious to know that not everyone has an example of the godly father that God himself characterizes throughout scripture. And that has such an important role in how we grow, how we relate, and how we live our lives. And so for some, this term everlasting father could bring great hope. For some, the term everlasting father could just bring confusion. They don't know what that means. But the great thing is that when we look at God's definition of what it means to be a father, how to guide, how to love, how to protect, how to discipline, we see a father that has the best intentions, a father that has the best plan for his children, a father that never gives up. And even when we've made mistakes, a father that's always there, that holds us accountable, that helps us to grow, a heavenly father, an everlasting father. You know, there's this story, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it's from Spain. And it talks about uh, a father and son whose relationship had become estranged. And so the son had, had uh, kind of ran off and, and uh, the father had did his best to track this son down. He wanted to kind of mend things and I uh, couldn't find his son. And so he decided to take out an advertisement in the Madrid uh, newspaper. So he took out a one page ad and it was very simple. The uh, ad in the newspaper was to run and it was going to say, Dear Paco, Meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you. Signed, your father. So that ad ran on a Friday. And the story goes that on Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up in front of the newspaper office. And it's, again, we don't know if this is true or not, but you can imagine how many sons or daughters who have that broken relationship with their father would love for that opportunity. So if 800 Pacos were there, imagine how 799 of them would have felt that it wasn't their dad. There's so much, so much power in the, in the role of a father. Um, one of the great things about a church family is that God brings other people around families. If you don't have a father, God brings other godly men, examples into your life. But ultimately, no people will ever fill that role. As good as your dad is, no one's going to fill that role or that need in each of our lives the way God, the everlasting Father, will. And when we look to his word and when we see his love for us, when we see how he guides, how he protects, how he disciplines and, and redirects us, how we experience accountability through consequences of poor choices, but how he restores us and moves us forward, we see that picture of an everlasting father. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The everlasting father, the one who never changes, the one who never leaves. And we see that truth throughout the New Testament. Many of you are familiar with the parable of the lost son, right? It's very similar to that story about Paco and the dad who was looking for his son. And the son returns thinking that there's going to be anger or resentment or rejection. And the father welcomes him back with open arms and restores him and celebrates that this lost son was found. You see over and over in the New Testament, uh, 
the, the, the idea of God relating to us, that we're his children. We can call him Father. We can call him Daddy, Abba, Father. We have that close relationship with him because he cares for each one of us. So if you're here this morning, regardless of what your relationship with your earthly father is, let's remember that God is our heavenly father, the everlasting father. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you strayed from him, he always welcomes you back and he's looking to direct us and give us the best intentions that he has. So let's look to him as our everlasting father. Let's move on to the final name in this passage, the Prince of Peace. thought it was incredible to hear uh, the testimony of the Urquidi family earlier through that video and about the peace that they experienced uh, through a very difficult time for their family. And maybe that brought back some memories to you as you watched their story of times that you've experienced God's peace in a very difficult time politically, with battles, with division in the kingdom. You know, as you go through the rest of the Bible, you know that God's people were constantly being attacked. You know, in the New Testament, they're under the, the, the rule of the Roman government. There's persecution. You'd think that people would be looking forward to this prince of peace who would come and get rid of all the chaos, get rid of all the political turmoil, and set everything straight. But in that way, Jesus probably disappointed many because as he came as the Prince of Peace, he didn't do away with all of that stuff. He didn't overthrow the government. He didn't set up the kingdom that many of the Israelites thought that he would. He had a different way. But his way, his peace, was much more than outward. It was an inward peace. And as a believer, you and I have probably experienced that in, in, in different ways. And we thought, how can I be so peaceful in this situation. Maybe some of you are like, man, I, I need some of that peace. Yesterday was a day like that, you know, sometimes just in our families. Yesterday was a tough day where everyone's just kind of on edge and the kids are acting this way and we're upset about this. It's like, man, we just need peace. We just need peace. And the great thing is that as the Prince of Peace, the Lord gives that to us. He gives us that peace that surpasses understanding, that calmness or that contentness, no matter what's going on around us. And what's interesting is the word peace uh, is actually translated, it's shalom. And shalom, you may be familiar with that word. It's often used as a greeting or as a farewell, but it has more, more than just calmness. Peace means completeness or wholeness. And I find that interesting that when we think of Jesus as the Prince of Peace, that he doesn't just bring calm or, or, or keep us, you know, mellow in, in tough situations, but he completes us. Can you imagine going through the trials of life without the hope of Christ? There's a bumper sticker that used to be very popular, and it said, no Jesus, no peace, Ken, Ken, K-N-O-W. And then under it said, no Jesus, no peace, N-O, no and no. And I think that's a great way of summarizing just how can we have peace apart from the Prince of Peace? How can we experience calmness? How can we be complete? How can we be whole without a relationship with God through what Jesus has done for us, the Prince of Peace? And maybe you're here this morning and things are chaotic. Things are difficult in your life. And you need to be reminded that you have the Prince of Peace that you can call upon 
that you can ask. And that with a relationship with him, with a faith in Jesus Christ, we are complete, we are whole. So as we look back on these four names, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's remember each of those four names. Let's remember what they signify about God and his character and his relationship to us. And let's think back and personalize those during this time of year that we can call upon him as our wonderful counselor, that he is our mighty God, that he's an everlasting father and the prince of peace. As we close in prayer, we're going to have a time if you'd like to come up and receive prayer or if you're here and maybe you're feeling led to become a member of our church, Dr. Nickel and I will be up here and we'd love to speak with you. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, we just come to you thankful for who you are and thankful for your word, the Bible that gives us everything that we need to know about you and about how much you love us and about how great and amazing it is, the gift that you gave us in Jesus Christ, that you sent him to be born to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, but to raise again, and that he is alive, and he is everything that we just read about, everything that we spoke about, and more. So I just pray that you would renew our our wonder and our awe for who you are and what you've done for us, and let us relate to these names and the characteristics that you give us and relate to us in our lives in a new and fresh way that you would draw us nearer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.